It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show, Thank buddy. you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played the 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. What a glory. Day. JT, back with you, brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. Head on out to the M, the official hotel of the Silver and Black, home of the Raiders Tavern and Grill, a great place to watch Vegas Golden Knight hockey tonight. For a number of reasons, cracking games to wrap up the season in the number one seed. That's my priority the rest of the week, along with the Raiders draft and what they're going to do with the number seven. Pick overall, trade up, trade down, stay there. Offense, defense, what are they going to do? Uh, hockey's real important to me. I think if Vegas gets the one seed out west, they'll have their seven-game home series end at home, and I think that'll happen in one or two rounds. Maybe it won't, but if they need it, it's going to be great to have that game at the Fortress. Something very important going on in this city going forward. we got a lot of news on the NFL. The quarterbacks have been the hot topic of the draft. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. Now there's a lot of talk today. The new buzz is that Arizona at number three could trade out so one other team either Indy coming up from four Raiders coming up from seven can jump in and maybe go get the quarterback they want is it going to be too rich I don't know what Arizona wants in return I know what Chicago wanted in return it was very expensive and Carolina was able to do it in Carolina their owner is the richest owner in the NFL and he said I'm done with losing I'm going to win I want to get this quarterback right let's get the quarterback right and that's why they did that NBA playoffs, I'm not a big believer in this loser's bracket playing tournament. I'm not. Bird, Magic, Jordan, Barkley, Malone would all laugh at this crap. They would have said, really? No, no, we didn't make the playoffs. See you next year. To get in the weight room, I'm going to lift weights, I'm going to run mountains, and I'm going to come back and make sure my organization isn't the 8, 9, or 10 seed to play in the loser's bracket. But the Lakers are in with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and that could save the playoffs in regards to ratings and get people to tune in to this play-in tournament. Damon Bruce, my longtime friend, he just launched a new show and a podcast on YouTube. It's already in the top 100. So I'm telling you, this guy is on to something big, and he joins us from the Bay Area in San Francisco on a beautiful day. First off, Damon, tell me the weather is great because when the weather gets warm in San Francisco, I am out. I am in the panhandle. I'm all the way down at the wharf. How is it today? We actually have sunshine for about a month and a half. (laughs) For a month and a half, J.D., it was like we were living up in Seattle. We had atmospheric rivers, which is a, a, a climate phrase that I had never heard until about two or three years ago. Now when they tell you an atmospheric river is coming here in the Bay Area, what they mean is it's going to be raining for about 10 days in a row, and we've had three of those. So sunshine, blue skies, I'm standing out on the front of my patio, and I just, I, uh, it, it's, 
the one day that you can actually ask me how the weather is and it's nice, it's nice out here. I'm happy to report. Damon Bruce joins us. Before we get to sports, tell us about the launch of what you're doing now on YouTube and your podcast. Radio could be bizarre. We've been doing this a long time. We've helped each other along the way. And when one uh, door closes, another one opens. And I've always told you from day one, the door that always opens is bigger and better. You just got to see through that door. No hard feelings radio. They put me in position to go ahead and start coming out of the gates like Usain Bolt. I mean, I can't believe how quickly my audience has migrated and found me from the Bay Area and how more people are finding me just throughout the country now because Damon Bruce Plus is available as a channel on YouTube and the podcast, which is basically that day's show turned around in podcast form, has jumped right into the top 100 in the United States, which is something I, I never expected to happen. We've been promoting it for a grand total of four days. So things look fantastic. My wife is happy with me. Metallica sent me two bottles of whiskey, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Things are going well. Awesome to hear, and we'll get everybody to subscribe listening. Now, I want to jump in and, first off, talk about Nick Bosa and the 49ers. The 49ers, and this isn't a bashing of the Niners. They've been very successful as of late, but I'm trying to figure out if they lost their window because of Kyle's arrogance. Oh, we got Mr. Irrelevant. We got Trey Lance. And I remember how pompous Kyle was when he told everyone, including the Bay Area media, you guys had no idea what we were going to get Lance. I wouldn't tell you anything. Then he gave up and mortgaged the franchise to get him and then they said Jimmy G goodbye. Could this team have lost their window to win multiple championships because they didn't handle the quarterback position correctly? Yes, they could have. That might have happened. We've seen how close they've been. We know with just a tick better's worth of quarterback play, a lot of these big games could have gone in a different direction. But the story isn't over. Uh, It's not even close to being over. And I think that the impatience with the team that is on the verge of winning something before they actually knock on through and win it has been forgotten by a generation of fans who want things immediately. And it feels like in the Bay Area, you had the Warriors deliver like the greatest results any fan base has ever had nearly immediately. So even though that is revisionist history, by the way, it was a long climb to get to where they got. But anyways, we're talking 49ers and they're not done. And Mr. Irrelevant has turned into Mr. Starting Quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think the, war, the, the 49ers are very happy with Brock Purdy to the point where we could see Trey Lance be a trade on this upcoming draft day. Sam Darnold gets brought in, and I don't think that was a guy without options. And I don't think he was showing up here to be a third stringer. So Kyle is always looking over the shoulder of whichever quarterback he's dancing with. He's just got quarterback wanderlust as a coach. I hope he's found the right guy and answer. It feels like, you know, when you talk about arrogant Kyle, he wants to be the star of the show more than anyone else. But the truth is, if you can just get a guy to get the ball out quickly, accurately to a group of talented playmakers with this defense, they can, without marquee quarterback over and over and over again, find themselves in Super Bowls and NFC Championship games. Um, Most teams in football would kill JT for the struggles of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Damon joins us with Nick Bosa. You know, Joey Bosa's a knucklehead. His brother's a better player. His brother has more moves. He's just a great player, and he's not a distraction. A lot of money to pay. You know, you pay your edge rushers, your tackles, your quarterback. You try to save money somewhere else. 
they got good wide receivers there. What about paying Bosa what he wants? That's going to break the bank for the position. It will, but growing cap and just the growing mm-hmm. nature of all football business, I think, allows it to happen. And he is a player that is such a, a difference maker that you make tough choices at other position groups and around him before you make a decision like saying goodbye to a talent like his. He is special, all day and night long special. Like, to your naked eye, you don't have to be a football insider. You sit down and you watch a football game for 15 minutes, you're going to be like, who's that guy? I mean, because he stands out that much every single time he's out there. Now, I know he had a muted postseason, but what a regular season he had. He was the defensive player of the year. So they don't just hand those things out all willy-nilly. He, he earned every bit of it. He's a difference maker, the kind of guy you say goodbye somewhere else to make sure you keep saying hello to him. Uh, Damon Bruce joins us in the Bay Area. He's got a new YouTube channel. You must subscribe. We'll tell you that uh, throughout our conversation. Now, I'm fascinated with the Warriors because I don't like tanking. I don't like teams that don't take the regular season seriously. But there's double-digit NBA teams that fall into that category. I can't point at the Warriors. I can prove that they didn't care about the regular season on the road. All I have to do is point at their record. In the last two victories they had, Mike Brown got in a limo and went to French Laundry with Steve Kerr, as I said, and Jess, because he didn't play his two best players. The Warriors got their 10th win, and then their last win was embarrassing because they played a non-existent franchise. So they were terrible on the road. They had injuries. We get that. Wiggins being gone, but they didn't play with the intensity on the road that they did at home now everybody wants to reward them they want to reward them and say they're going to win the title how can that be well if they really do have a switch to flip it will be extraordinary i don't think they got it because i've always said who you are at home is the best of what you might be but who you are on the road is who you really are now it is an ideal first round matchup. The totally inexperienced just got here Kings against the incredibly seasoned Golden State Warriors who do have enough firepower on nights they're hitting their shots to hang with any sort of prowess that the Kings have earned rightfully this year as an offensive team. Neither of those teams plays defense. The winner of every game will probably have won that rebounding margin in every night coming up and hopefully Kavon Looney <laughs> carries the Warriors to the second round. It might have to be that. But it, it's, um, it, it's been extraordinary to see them not just not care about what's happened on the road, JT, but really get beat and look outclassed and outmatched. Um, they have, until the white flag victory in Sacramento that you talked about, that the Kings weren't even trying in, the Warriors have one road win all year over a team that was above 500, and that was in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. So they have radically underperformed where, look, Steph, Clay, and Draymond have earned enough house credit around here, maybe not nationally, but Steph, Clay, and Draymond have yet to fully play a seven-game series together and ever been eliminated. The three of them healthy has won every postseason series they have ever played now that has to come to an end this might be the year where that comes to an end there are a lot of data points that say it's going to come to an end but they've earned their house credit to try to walk into this thing as a six seed and win it all it will be shocking if they do the most the hardest to see 
NBA champion coming until a while. If they can really do this in the playoffs, a lot of people will say, well, they're mailing it in the regulars. Look, when you've gone to as many NBA finals in a row, I get it. It's, it, it's, it's, it's hard to get up to play and a Tuesday night against the, you know, freaking Utah Jazz. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, like I just, I get it. I really do. I don't, I don't justify it. I don't want to explain it away. I don't want to give any house credit, but I get it. It's human nature. Um, shouldn't explain the, you know, the efforts of the guys who haven't been a part of all those titles. Mm-hmm. But the big three set the tone for the franchise, and let's see if they can shock us all and do it here again. It would be amazing if they do. The most un, for the, the hardest to predict. NBA champion who has just won four NBA championships that you've ever seen coming if they actually do it. Absolutely, Damon Bruce, as we wrap it up. So when I look at this run for Joe Lacob, you know, growing up as a Yankee fan, when George Steinbrenner was winning, he just spent more money, and he was allowed to. There was no cap, and he'd just go out, and after Reggie, it was Dave Winfield. He'd just go out and spend more, and I grew up with that. I was used to that. The Warriors are kind of doing it. They're going over the luxury tax, the rest of the league doesn't seem to be painfully upset about it. You don't hear about protest in Milwaukee or Miami about this, and they go along patiently with this unbelievable new arena, huge television ratings, and a number one media market, and their fans line up from Silicon Valley, and they buy the suites, and they buy the floor tickets. So what have we learned throughout this run? You've had a front-row seat to how the Warriors have built this mini-dynasty here and what they're doing going forward, paying guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond. Joe Lacob is here to sit at the blackjack table. He's here to gamble tonight. There's no doubt. He's got an, like all great owners, is there a tendency to maybe be meddlesome at times? Only history will tell. But like all great owners, he attaches his own self-worth, not to just owning the team, but to owning a team that wins. Winning is something that's a language Joe Lacob speaks, and it's the only language he speaks. He doesn't want to not speak winning. So he'll pay whatever it takes to win, I think, in the moment that he will win. I think he's also the kind of guy who will sit at the blackjack table a little bit too long, but he's a smart gambler, and he's going to know when to double down. And I think he's going to know when to pull back, when the cards are coming his way or not. I just think that Lacob is his self-confidence, his, mm-hmm. his self-identity is attached to victory. And that's as good of an owner as any fan can ask for in sports. Nicely said. Lastly, I tell my wife, who you know, and I know yours, if every one of my 10,000-plus Facebook JT the Brick subscribers, all my family and friends and all my fraternity brothers and the hundreds of my real friends, if they just clicked on subscribe, I'd be at the pool every day with the revenue just from my podcast. you got to get people to click on subscribe initially, and then they'll download it and they'll listen to when they can. I download the Bluse. I know what you're doing here. Tell everyone how to download, share, because once you subscribe, I think that's half the effort. It's, look, it's super easy and it's free. So just hit the subscribe button if you have a YouTube account to my YouTube channel, Damon Bruce Plus. You got Disney Plus, you got Paramount Plus. Here you go, Damon Bruce Plus, except it's totally free. If you like what you hear there, go to any place that you download your favorite podcasts already and search Damon Bruce Show or Damon Bruce Plus there. Go ahead and select follow, listen, download. Everyone knows how to do these things now. It took me forever, JT, to go to the place where everyone was already doing these things. Mm -hmm. So 
it's about time that I showed up and put myself where my audience has clearly wanted me. It's the same old show you ever got. It's just you get to press start on it when you want to, or you watch it live at 11 a.m. on the West Coast when I do it live right from downstairs. Who would have ever thought? I will take over the media world from my basement, JT. That's the way it's going down these days, and you are the best. And I'll tell you, if in my entire radio career, I've never had a steadier friend or an advisor or mentor or consigliere, and you have always been a wartime consigliere. And that's why I love you, buddy. Thank you for having me on. If all your friends, fans, family, Raiders fans, the entire Brick Army hit it, subscribe today, I bet you Metallica would send me another <laughs> bottle of whiskey, and that alone would make it worth it. And I would have it with you. Take care, my friend. Good times ahead. Talk to you soon. You're the best. Take care. Damon Bruce. And you can get his new YouTube channel. Subscribe and do that. I have a podcast I do with Looney. I'm very proud of. Please subscribe. The only way these podcasts work is if you subscribe. And for your friends, you should just subscribe. You don't have to listen to everyone. There's like seven or eight podcasts I listen to. And they come up on my podcast list every day. And if I'm driving or if I'm doing something, I listen to them. Uh, The number one podcast I listen to are Howard Stern and Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey has one with David Spade, Fly on the Wall. I listen to that. You know, I don't listen to sports a lot. He's got, he's a friend. I'll listen to his. And let me just tell you this. It's, you know, inside baseball, as they say. They did Damon Bruce so dirty in San Francisco on the station that I was a part of. They did him so dirty. And I've gotten to this level of my career, I think, because I don't do dirty things. You know, I treat everybody I work with. They don't work for me. I treat them great with respect because we're teammates. What they did to Damon Bruce in the Bay Area, the number one show on that station was so filthy dirty. The only thing that was closer to that is what they did to me when they brought me up there for a year on a one-year deal and then sat me in a room and said, stop talking Raiders. True story. I've been more comfortable to talk about it more because the people who were up there at the time are gone. You know, so I could say that, and it took me a while to get through that because the image is, well, your show's over with, you must have failed. No, it has nothing to do with that. When your show's over on a certain platform, you just go to another one. Everybody says, well, how great's your show? Well, my show's been great from day one, I think. Is it better 25 years later? I hope so. So Damon Bruce was just done dirty, and he says, hey, instead of sitting here bitching about it, I'm going to go to YouTube and bring my show there, and it's working out really well. So I'm happy we had him on here because he's a good friend. And again, he's in a good place because we're just providing content. If you listen live, great. If you listen on tape, great. If you listen at midnight or you listen at four in the morning, who cares? It's about the content and the honesty of the content. And Damon is a pretty honest guy, like him or not. And a lot of people like me up in the Bay Area for a long time until they did me dirty. And people are like, what happened? I go, not, not, I'll tell you a couple of years down the road. So I waited for him to come on to share that. And it's going to happen again. It happens to everybody, but Damon's taking the high road, which we've talked about. He's a good man. 702-365-9200. Rest of the way, I'll get back to our point of action today. What position group should the Raiders take, specifically with the seventh pick overall, even if they trade up or trade down? I think if they trade up, they're obviously going to take a quarterback. If they trade down, they maybe still get a quarterback. I would doubt it. I think they'd get a position player that would be cornerback for me. I wonder how many people believe it should be corner like I do. Uh, We've had defensive tackle. We've had offensive tackle, but I'm not going to know until you tell me over the next two weeks. Uh, Next week, we'll do heavy, heavy mock drafts, including this week, too, and then the week after that, the week of the draft. 
We'll be broadcasting live from the Raiders draft party, and that'll be live with the pick. And that's going to be really exciting, too. So it's countdown to the draft. We want to hear from you. And again, I'd rather hear from you than have to have me interview someone else, which we have a couple of interviews that we can get to. We want to hear from you. Position group, exactly, 702-365-9200. Thanks again to Damon Bruce. Subscribe to his podcast wherever you download your podcast. All right. Let, uh, well, who do I thank here? What sponsor? We got 12 of them now. Oh, my God. We got 12 sponsors in a two-hour show. How lucky are we? Let's do Resorts World. Doghouse Saloon. Just met with their president, Scott Sabella. He recalibrated me for all the new things they're doing at Resorts World. Wow, they're doing a lot. From all the retail that's opening up, the new restaurants, the bars, and what they're doing outside the pool. But from a sports perspective, you can go to two spots that they're partners with ours at. Redtail Interactive will get you to the front of the line at Zook, the biggest nightclub in the world, and Doghouse, where you can place your bets having great food and drinks. When we come back, We'll get to more phone calls, hear what you think about the Raiders draft coming up, 702-365-9200. And at JT the Brick, at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook, where you can make new Facebook friends through the page JT the Brick. Got some good posts up there and some really good people. All right, good to hear from everybody today. we got about a half hour to go. Live from the mean streets of Summerlin from home today. JT, thanks for listening. games that we could have won we had games that we should have won we had some you know things that didn't go our way so um, to know where we are today you know you can you know be happy about that but not satisfied so my coach always says it's time to fill our cups back up we got the rest of the day we got the rest of tomorrow to you know get off our feet but but it's all gonna be in the mind then get ready to go on and battle on Tuesday that's LeBron James I'd love to get more interaction on the NBA with the NBA playoffs and the play-in starting here 702 365-9200. Ryan Hollins just texted us back. We might get him coming up here in a little bit. The former big man in the league. He's an analyst now for the NBA. We'll see how that plays out. Again, for the NBA championship, I like Denver and Boston. I think Boston can beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got Giannis. He could take over, but Tatum and the Celtics look good. I like Denver all year. I thought Denver played really good, and Jokic is an MVP two years in a row. Could have been three years in a row. But I think Embiid in the final 10 games of the year took away the MVP from Nikola Jokic, which is good. Joel Embiid, if he can play healthy and play, he deserves to be the MVP. There are some shenanigans going on with the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder. From the sources that I have and people around the league, there's two offers of $6 billion on the table, which he should take one of them immediately, and he thinks he can hold out for more money. This guy's unbelievable. The owners should have gotten him out of the league. The owners should have forced him out. And now he's stalling because he doesn't want to sell his team. He claims he wants to sell his team, but he doesn't want to. He's a little Napoleon. He wants to keep the team. He wants to have power. So he's going from offers. Remember, the Denver Broncos went for $4.5 billion with a B. Snyder reportedly has two deals for $6 billion on the table. And sources are saying he wants more. So what does he want for more? I don't know. What, what, what's higher than six, seven? Now, for $7 billion, Washington Commanders is a bigger media market than Las Vegas. Much bigger, actually. But if an NFL team sells for 4.5 and one sells for $6.2 billion, the Raiders are going to be somewhere in the 5 to $5.5 billion range 
because they moved to the entertainment capital of the world and the prices all went up. Also, I wanted to get your response for if you're an NFL fan without a satellite TV provider, you can see out-of-market regular season games this year only if you subscribe to Sunday Ticket for the first time ever on YouTube TV. I just had Damon Bruce on with his YouTube podcast. So my sons live on YouTube. I told you earlier in the show, my wife's taking out the direct TV. I'm going to be fighting at the door with the direct TV guy to try to save it because I'm a creature of habit. I like my direct TV remote. I like the channels and all that. I have to cut the cord now and have one or two. I have HBO Max. I don't know what else I have. I have Paramount Plus. What else do I have? I got all these channels here. It's costing me an arm and a leg. I can lease a new Mercedes with the price I'm paying for media at home here. But the issue becomes you got to go to YouTube now. You don't have a choice. So that's a shift in game broadcast services. And set the initial price at $249 for existing customers. And that price is only good and it expires on June 6th. So when you think of that expiration on June 6th, I want to hear from some of our listeners the rest of the show. Are you ready to get rid of Cox or DirecTV or whatever you use? Whatever you use in the Bay Area, I don't know what you use. Are you willing to switch to YouTube TV to watch streaming television? It shouldn't be hard. I mean, I have Amazon Prime. That's another one I forgot. Very easy for me to watch Amazon. But a lot of people that are older than me and older than you don't want to do it. They don't want to switch over to YouTube TV. These are people that grew up with CBS, NBC, ABC, and PBS. Had four channels for most of their life. Now you got to give them another remote. You got to get them inside YouTube, establish an account, and then spend over $300 for the NFL package. It's a big topic today, and the internet seems to be favorable with it. So I'm not negative on it. Fans can also add Red Zone TV, which airs all live possessions from every game when a team is within 20 yards of the end zone. The feed is popular for fantasy sports and obviously gambling. A combination of Sunday ticket and Red Zone costs 289 for current subscribers. So let's assume you subscribe today and you get this deal for 289 You get Red Zone and you got every game. That seems fair. My individual ticket, I have two tickets for the Raiders in the club section. Each ticket for each game is more expensive than that. So my problem is my wife and I go to the games and are, are at home we have no one watching tv unless my sons are home and they're both in college so is it worth doing it yeah it's a write-off for me i'm in sports media any of this is a write-off but for a lot of people that got to make this switch it's going to cost a lot of money especially you non-youtube subscribers that's going you're going to have to pay 449 for the season red zones an additional 40 dollars for the season so what i've started to notice over my career which i don't like is more and more fans do not go to games. Fans aren't going to games anymore. They're just in their basement or their house watching television, which is fine. I go to games. So I'm torn between this. And usually there's another promotion. If you're a season ticket holder for a team, you might get another 10 or $20 off. I haven't heard about that yet. I'll report on that when I get it. I'd also like to hear from the bar owners. If you got a bar and you got 16 TVs and you had all that direct TV equipment, you're not going to do both. You're not going to keep direct TV and then you're not going to then go sign up for YouTube and pay this price. You're going to have to rip the direct TV coming out and you're going to have the workers come in there, take away all that. And then you're going to have to get all set up for YouTube. So is it a big deal or is it a non-issue for you? If it's a non-issue and you got it anyway and you want to spend, but I have to remind everybody that at times most people don't have the money you have. 
Some people don't have it as good as you. They own their home. They have two cars paid for. They go to restaurants. They have season tickets for the Raiders and Golden Knights. Most people don't have anything near that. So you're asking them to pay all this money to go watch football games that they used to watch for free on TV. And then that's the other issue, the final one on this. It's pretty easy not to get any of this and just watch the network games. CBS here in town, News 8, gives you a lot of Raider games. You get a lot of Raider games. You know, ESPN, which most people have, you'll get some of those games. And obviously NBC's for free, and you get the Sunday night package, which is the biggest game of the week. So if you were left with only watching one football game a week, you'd get Sunday night football, which is the most viewed show in all of television for free. I think there's some fans that are used to that and are good with that. But if you're a Raider fan, I want to know what you think about this, and especially out-of-market here in Vegas, the out-of-market fans who want the Raiders, this is kind of the only way to go. Uh, Mitch in Jersey, appreciate you listening, Mitch, and calling in. What's happening? Hi, uh, JT. Uh, Bruce is great. I remember, I remember listening to you and him being mm. over there. Um, I didn't go defense lineman. I didn't get mm. DTR later in the rounds or even uh, Tanner from uh, Tanner McGee from Stanford. And um, you think Kings and Clippers can make a good run? Uh, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's great to see new faces. Yeah, I, you know, the Clippers can make a run here, but they might not get out of the first round without Paul George. Thanks for the call. It might be difficult for them to do that. And I appreciate Mitch calling in and being loyal to the show. He called in and said defensive tackle. I'm, I'm great with the defensive tackle, so much to the point where I think it would be smart for them to trade into the first round or move up in the second round to get the defensive tackle if he's there. I would go cornerback first. And then second, I would go defensive tackle. And if you love the defensive tackle, don't wait for him. Trade up and go in that direction. All right, Ryan Holland's kind enough to join us, former big man in the league with a lot of teams, been a friend of the show for a long period of time. Ryan, thanks for coming on. And uh, I was just talking about it earlier in the show with George Sedano. I don't like the play-in tournament. I think we should be rewarding four teams in each conference, maybe one or two. How do you see it? Well, what you have to understand is the commissioner is doing an excellent job, and what this does is it knocks out the um, that end of the year where you know you're not in the playoffs and you, you got teams kind of packing it in, packing it in, and essentially, I don't want to say tanking, but it's more advantageous after a certain point to lose rather than rather than win. So it keeps more fan bases involved. You still have a shot shot at competing for an NBA championship. And it doesn't get to that. You're still seeing meaningful moments towards the end of the year. Now, as a player, no, I wouldn't be in love with it. I'd like to lock in the seventh or eighth seed or, or, or know who I matched up and know who I'm playing against. And it ends up being a little bit more of a reward because the teams that actually play against the first seed, they, they've been worn out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're tired. They're emotionally spent. So um, I, I do understand the questions in it, but what it does is it keeps more fan bases involved. It gives you some good teams. I, I tell you, and I assure you, the Lakers were not supposed to be the mainstay in this. And a couple of years back, Golden State and Steph Curry. So it ended up being probably one of the more anticipated or watched games. But uh, not, nonetheless, I think from a, from a grand scheme, it, it, it is good for the game. It has been good for the game. But trust me, I, I, I understand it. You kind of just want to get what you get. Yeah, and I'm going to push back on just one of those two things. Because, again, I think the commissioner trying to stop tanking is very important. The only thing I'll push back on is in the 10-9 game, you know, I don't think that the Thunder or the Bulls 
the Raptors. I don't think that keeps fans engaged for one more game. The team that loses is out. And I think most fans look at that and say, we're toast anyway. We're a 10 seed. We're not getting even through the play-in portion of this loser's bracket, let alone getting in and beating the one seed. But you know, that's why I don't know if you need four teams. But you know, we can agree to disagree on that. But I understand what the commissioner is doing also. You're in the business. You get paid to broadcast games. And if you get an extra playoff package and TNT and ABC, ESPN – are able to make more money for their partners. That makes sense. It feels like, Ryan, it always comes down to television and television revenue. Well, well, I'll say one thing. When you have the playoffs, like nothing, when you're going in the playoff race and there's only eight teams and no playing game, at a certain point you are locked into a position and what you do is you sit guys. A lot of these Mm -hmm. teams went up to the last two or three games of the season and couldn't sit. They had to go out and compete. So you get much more competitive games. And and I'll tell you one thing. You know, we observe the league from, for the most part. I'm a Houston perspective, obviously. But from a national perspective, you say, well, I don't want to see it. It's not great. But if you're a Chicago fan or a Toronto fan, you're excited. You have something to look forward to. And for those teams, you know, you had to fight to get that, you know, that, that fifth spot or that sixth spot. You had to go and compete. So that's the spot that normally gets locked up or, you see, you know, it's a, it's a one-team race, but I, I think it just made for more competitive basketball down the stretch. But I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Ryan Holland joins us. Uh, not too far from Houston, when we look at what happened with the Dallas Mavericks, you have a bird's-eye view of that by bringing in Kyrie. Do you think it could backfire, not only on Cuban giving up a lot for Kyrie, who clearly doesn't want to stay in Dallas. I think he's dying to get out to Malibu and play in L.A. with LeBron or not. And then I look at what's going to happen with Luka, it already seems like they're going to have to go out of their way. I hate when the media have to do this because he just signed a massive extension, but we've seen other guys with massive extensions entitle their way out and say they're going to want to move on if they don't win. So what, what is Cuban looking at here, Ryan, in regards to keeping Luca happy going forward? I think in all reality, he's just going to have to show him a plan. And I played in mm-hmm. Dallas. Dallas is an amazing city. And, and, and Cuban is saying, hey, you know, I got two dynamic scores. I got that for you. But we didn't have our Finney Smith. We didn't have the middle class. We didn't have those guys that, you know, got the rebounds and dove on the floor and did, did those little things. We're going to have to get to the back to the drawing table and figure things out. So I think that's what Cuban is going to have to sell to Luca and say, hey, man, I didn't want to limp in. I want to get you a championship. But the biggest piece was saying, let me go and get you a guy. Let me go and get you a guy who can hit a big shot. And Kyrie is proven. And ultimately, I think it is more advantageous for Kyrie to take the money, stay in Dallas, and I think he's going to see what an amazing owner that Mark Cuban is. But I, I get it. it. It was just rushed, unfortunately. They couldn't throw it together. And I talked to scouts and guys over in that Dallas organization. They said, look, man, unfortunately, we couldn't get it together. But these guys love Kyrie. They want to play with mm-hmm. Kyrie. And he's been nothing but amazing. So, I think it's just unfortunate for Kyrie. We all have to understand he is going to get those narratives that he is the guy um, that hasn't won or he's the common denominator in a lot of these situations, unfortunately. But in this one, everything matters for all I'm hearing, and I know Kyrie, I've played with him before over in Cleveland. I don't think he, he's that, but I think they do have to shore up that roster. They're going to have some questions to answer, but the questions to answer for Luka are a lot different when you're saying, man, we need a 3 and D guy for you. We need a team guy versus saying, hey, we need to go get you another all-star to play with. They did Mm -hmm. get that in Kyrie. That is the major uh, question mark that they have had in Dallas for a while, and I think hopefully they've been able to answer it. Ryan Hollins joins us. Always a great conversation. Follow him at the Ryan Hollins. 
I had a bad taste in my mouth when Sacramento and Mike Brown sat out Sabonis and Fox for that Warrior game for two reasons. The Warriors only had nine wins on the road. The Lakers and the Warriors are competing to stay out of the play-in tournament, and there's a really tight relationship with Mike Brown and obviously Steve Kerr, and they're playing each other now. It just didn't feel well, and I think the Kings fans haven't been in a situation to win, as you know, for a long time. And they rolled over against the Warriors, and now the Warriors have really good momentum. What am I missing here? I know it's the end of the year. Sacramento had the three seed. I just don't like the way it looked. No, it, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm telling to you, right? That, mm-hmm. that playing game made a, a majority of those teams have to keep their pedal to the metal down the stretch. And, and you're right, man. Uh, when you talk about the Warriors getting rolling and giving them some gas, it, it, it's tough, man, because – they got their juju going. They're feeling good. You know, Wiggins is back. Uh, you know, uh, Gary Payton II is back. And, and those are uh, two huge pieces of why they were able to win the championship last year. You know, you forget, like we talk about it over in Dallas, that middle class, the hardworking guys, the guys who dive on the floor, go guard the other team's best player. They just got that back. And Golden State is the team, arguably, the rest of the league does not want to see, man. Uh, that, that's tough. But as far as Sacramento, man, um, if they can get enough stops, they're a team you got to look at. And I think just across the board right now in the NBA, there's nothing but parity. But uh, I do believe Sacramento is in a in a in a good place. I understand the moves that they made, and Mike Brown is doing an excellent job. He's a guy who I've had a chance to uh, work with before and, and, and was coached by. But this is a different Sacramento Kings. You know, I don't think we're questioning the same moves that they had, and you know, it's, it's going to be the battle of the battle of the Bay, man. I think I'm excited to see it and and sometimes when you know you're going to see a team in the playoffs you don't show your best hand you don't put your cards forward you don't do mm-hmm. that and i and i've i've been in situations where in boston we were playing uh the hawks and you know we had a game coming up and we actually targeted uh the hawks we were able to t- kind of target the game so that we can match up and actually lost some games so that we could play against the hawks and we let them beat them down a stretch we kind of bitched all our guys with all due respect i was starting center that game <laughs> you know, and we came out and we, we beat them in the first round and we were the seventh seed. So I think sometimes those, those, those mind games being played behind the scenes and you don't want to show those cards yet. Ryan Hollins, as we wrap it up. So Rudy Gobert suspended out versus the Lakers and with Jaden McDaniels who fractured his hand there, punching the wall. What I've been dying to ask you is there's been blow-ups on the bench before. There's words. We don't get a chance to be in the huddle in the timeout, and I can't imagine what's said. And it rarely gets the fisticuffs or having to separate players. I want to know from you what's it like when you get to the locker room because you got grown-ass men in that locker room who are big and strong, and then you got the staff who's a little bit stronger. I don't think you have security in the locker room. Can you share with us maybe at some point in your career when you got rolling into the locker room at halftime or right after a game and tensions were high within your teammates, what's that cool-down period like? I'll share this with you. The Rudy Gobert situation doesn't shock me and surprise me. Um, I've seen situations very close. They, you could probably come a teammate away from these things happening. In fact, I've been on a team, a very, very successful team, that had a very similar situation, and I was the guy standing in between two, two, two guys going at it. One of them was a, a megastar on our team going at it and, and, and going to blows in the middle of the game, standing up, and, and it wasn't caught. It wasn't seen. So this thing is, is very common. Um, sometimes those blow-ups are healthy. Sometimes those blow-ups are, are good for the team because you can grow and have some camaraderie. 
But unfortunately, I think because this was caught, because Rudy was suspended, because McDaniels goes the, – the worst part about it is McDaniels breaking his hand. You know, Kyle's going to go play and Rudy's going to go play, and those two may be better off for it. They can probably hash out or talk about some things that they had looming. Um, but un, un, unfortunately, Rudy is suspended. But McDaniels, even if they win this game, he's not going to be available, man. He's yeah, not going to be right. there moving forward. Um, but nonetheless, those guys are going to have some very difficult conversations, and hopefully the best comes out of it. And I think that's what ended up happening in the situation that I was in. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, Mad Dog, it's a lot more common than you see. It's, it's a whole lot more common, a whole lot more frequent, because guys want to win, man. Guys want to win. Guys want to have the best. And sometimes those conversations or frustrations come out at the absolute wrong time. Ryan Hollins, you have the last one. I don't know if you got a chance to see the Amazon Prime documentary on J.R. Smith, who left the league and went to play golf in college. It was really good, and it was showing all the B-roll of him as his career was winding down. He had a great run with the Knicks and LeBron, but then against the Warriors, he took that rebound out, and you could tell LeBron was really upset. But all of his teammates loved him. And the fans didn't. The fans thought he was a knucklehead, a hothead, kind of like what we see with Patrick Beverly. We don't see him in the locker room. We see him on a little podcast or two. When you have a teammate like that that's blowing up and blowing up steam, it could be even Draymond Green, a big star in this league. I just wonder what the tension, Ryan, is like in the locker room after practice and at halftime during games if you're just someone like Kareem and you're not into that. You don't want any tension. Your peace, your love, man, let's all go win. I'm just fascinated about what happens in the locker room when the pressure's on and tempers are flaring. So you mean specifically in dealing with a teammate like J.R. Smith? Or do yeah, you yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, you're, when you're dealing with any teammate, you played, on, you played on a lot of good teams, yeah. Those are the guys you love. I yeah, that's what Lance I'm saying. He, Lance Stevenson was one of my favorite teammates. He was one of the most encouraging um, positive, uh, ready to go, like just high energy teammates that I've literally have ever had. I love playing with him. Matt Barnes, that guy was like a was like a brother to me in the locker room. He was a, he was a great guy. Like some of these guys that are that are you know seemingly hotheads, those are the ones ready to fight for you. Those are the guys that are ready to have your back. You know, so I I, I say. In J.R. Smith, we, we've gone and played basketball before, you know, and been, been teammates and played pickup ball and just in the middle of nowhere. J.R. Smith is the most soft-spoken, you know, if he's not, you know, obviously guys have their, you know, two different, but he's the most soft-spoken, chilling, hey, man, I just want to work on my game, personality. So you'll be extremely surprised by those guys, and you can tell by J.R.'s longevity in the league and the success that he's had. And unfortunately, you do think back to that moment where he dribbled out and, you know, didn't know the clock. Uh, and uh, honestly, if we're going to be on, I don't think he should have known the clock, but I don't think they were going to win that game regardless. <laughs> right. But regardless, um, some of the best guys and friends that I've had are the ones that are rough around rough around the edges, man. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, that's my guy, man. That is my guy to mm-hmm. this day. You know, and you, you love some of those dudes. They, they just have infectious personalities that they bring in. And I think that's the biggest surprise. Those are the teammates that are willing to go to war with you. When you look around your back, those are the ones that are going to be there. Outstanding. That's why I asked it. Always a great guest. Always compelling conversation. Ryan, hopefully we catch up with you before the conference finals again for a recap. Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, man, anytime, brother. You keep up and good work on the show, man. Love to listen, brother. Appreciate that. Ryan Hollins, amazing. Uh, he's, I wanted to know about that. Want to know about what it's like when you have a teammate that goes nuts 
goes crazy and then you have to go to the locker room and there's no security there's no bouncers in the locker room man you got to fend for yourself he gave a couple of good names there he mentioned demarcus cousins he's a badass hey bobby i gotta just play the beginning of the reggie jackson i know i'm not gonna play it all we don't have time for it but everybody last night i'm hosting the show on sirius xm and it's right before the end of the show i only got about six minutes left kind of like i have right now reggie jackson my boyhood hero calls in as a caller to the show. Check this out from last night. Hey, I'm very good. I want to uh, make sure. Let me see. I think I, I, JT, I thought I sent you a text or I talked to your, one of your people mm-hmm. about um, wanting to talk about the documentary with you uh, for about 45, 30 to 45 minutes. Um, so that you can get in depth. I want a lot of conversation about diversity and things like that. And I picked a couple of people like uh, Howard Stern, uh, Chris Russo, yourself, uh, like Strahan, Rich Eisen, and to talk about things. I really don't want to do the nighttime shows where mm-hmm. uh, it's six or seven minutes and there's a bunch of jokes that get old. I'm not interested in that. I might do, I think his name is Bill Mather. Or, yeah, Bill Maher. Yeah. Bill mm-hmm. Maher. Um, yep. But I need 30 to 45 minutes to an hour uh, mm-hmm. to talk about what's important for people and uh, diversity and things like that that I want to do my best to to a person like you to ask difficult, hard questions. Um, have you seen my documentary? Yes, and we were texting about that. I got 30 minutes for 40 minutes early on my daytime show with the Raiders, and I okay. know you know that with Mark Davis. And we could carve out we could carve out 30 or 45 minutes for your edge here with a, uh, one or two spot breaks and do that. So you just pick the night this week yeah. or the day yeah. that your schedule opens up, okay. and we'll do it. Okay, okay, yeah, we, yes. Uh, I definitely want to do that with you. I picked a half a dozen guys uh, to tell the story because I want hard questions asked uh, mm-hmm. about the, the major sports. And it's, Good. Been, <clears throat> it's been so positive. I was, I was definitely afraid of what the heck was coming out, but it's been so yeah. positive from the public and by people that I want to try to keep this thing going and, and try to, because I've created a platform here is what I feel. And I want right. people to call in uh, and mm. things like that. But um, we'll uh, do that. We'll lot. do that. I and wanna, I, I, I yeah, appreciate you I picking was, me. Uh, yeah, was Magic on your show, or was that a rerun? No, that was a soundbite. I played a Magic about load management. Okay. I want to try to play in yeah, play in that yeah. point. Load but, management. Yeah, that's why I played that. Excuse me. I don't know if I can say this on the air. But mm-hmm. load, manage, load management is... Happy we were able to do that. You heard Reggie Jackson right before he dropped uh, some profanity, and I'm happy we dumped out of it. That was one of the best things Bobby and I just did uh, behind the scenes two seconds ago. Uh, Reggie called load management BS, but he used the term, which we can use on satellite radio. When I'm on Mad Dog at Night, we couldn't use here. So, Reggie, I'm honored he picked me along with five other guys to do a 30- to 45-minute interview on his documentary. So that's really cool, and we will have that for you. I will have Reggie on uh, for about 45 minutes to talk about diversity, his life and career, and 
I won the lottery ticket. My boyhood hero picked me, along with the couple other guys. So I wanted you to hear a little bit of that. Nice show today. Thanks to all of our guests. Q's on deck. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.